0: Hello and welcome to Spotlight On. I'm your host, Lawrence Purrier. Today the spotlight is on Charlie Watts, who served as drummer for the Rolling Stones for nearly 60 years and passed away earlier this week at the age of 80. Those two numbers alone hint at an incredible story, a life spent at the very creation of what is now called classic rock. By the time of this recording, countless critics and journalists have weighed in with obituaries, eulogies, and examinations, and there will be many more to come. But I'd like to take a few minutes to pull some data points out of all that spilled ink and make my case for Charlie Watts as a spiritual forefather of punk rock. At the very least, Watts led what might be considered an idiosyncratic life for a pioneering rock star. He was married once to Shirley in 1964 and remained with her until his passing. His major bout with drug and alcohol problems came not as a rebellious young rocker, but in his mid-forties during what he called his midlife crisis. He raised Arabian stud horses. Charlie was a car collector, like many of the British musicians of his era, but he never had a driver's license. When the Stones were inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Watts did not attend the ceremony. Charlie Watts is in other halls of fame as well, including modern drummers and Vanity Fair's Best Dressed. He professed to always preferring post-war jazz and even boogie-woogie music over rock and roll, and his few side projects outside the Stones are in those fields. That said, he expertly and innovatively propelled some of the best-loved songs in the classic rock canon. So if the esteemable source Urban Dictionary is right when they say, punk rock is about liking what you like, being yourself, saying what you think, and fuck all the rest... I rest my case for Charlie Watts. Always content to be the Quiet Stone publicly, Charlie Watts applied his art school and design training to Rolling Stones' album covers, merchandise, as well as stage and production design. He was not the soul or the conscience of the Stones. That honor fell to also departed Ian Stewart, but Watts was what Keith Richards referred to as the engine room, and that leads to a discussion of the music. I considered a playlist to accompany this episode, but you know where to find all the music. Here are some pointers to understand what Keith and so many others mean when they praise Charlie Watts. Check out the Bo Diddley beat on the early Stones single and Buddy Holly cover, Not Fade Away. Or the thunderous opening from Get Off My Cloud, the follow-up single to Satisfaction, which itself has some proto-thrash drumming going on. More in that vein, you can't leave out Paint It Black. Fast forward a few short years as the Stones enter their most renowned years. Street Fighting Man, Gimme Shelter, Monkey Man, Stray Cap Blues, Bitch, Can't You Hear Me Knockin', Rocks Off, Soul Survivor. But getting back to punk, how about when the whip comes down from Some Girls, as well as that album's disco pivot, Miss You? The twisted take on the dance genre on Emotional Rescue... Slave off of Tattoo You Undercover of the Night A Malign Song Incredible drum work. That list ends almost 40 years ago We can start a whole new parlor game just to talk about which songs from the Stones' 21st Century catalog make any sense at all solely because Charlie is behind the kit The very first Rolling Stones album I ever saw was the Abco Greatest Hits record Hot Rocks which features Charlie Watts in two ways First, a track selection. Early hits as a singles band, through the beginning of their run as great album makers. But then turn the album over. There's a bizarre photo of the band lounging outside of a castle, and there's Charlie, in the foreground, arms crossed, staring down the camera. As seemingly incongruous, for him at least, is my second Stones album, Get Your Yayas Out, which features Mary Watts skipping down a road or a runway with all things a donkey. But again, throw on the vinyl and it's Charlie's album all the way, which Mick Jagger himself acknowledges at the end of the band's cover of Chuck Berry's Little Queenie with the throwaway line, Charlie's good tonight, any." I've seen the Stones countless times. Clubs, theaters, arenas, stadiums, production rehearsals, sound checks. But one moment at Madison Square Garden, I think on the Bigger Bang tour about 15 years ago, stands out. Mick announcing the band, calling out Charlie Watts by name, and then the thundering ovation that took minutes to die down. Charlie looked a little embarrassed, kind of wiggled a little bit in discomfort, did a little sort of shoe shuffle back and forth, but he had the biggest, widest smile on his face. Thank you, Charlie Watts. Our best to you, your family, the Stones organization, and all the fans everywhere. And see you next week. In the meantime, Be safe and stay in touch.